0: Good morning, As You hear, my name is Doyle Burnside and I'm a youth ministry and worship coordinator here and so I'm filling in for Rich and I'm excited this morning to be able to talk with you about a word called worship and so I'm excited for this morning, I'm excited to be here and I'm excited that you're here with us. Um, getting prepared over the last few weeks for this has kind of been up and down for me um, but through the, through the reading of Psalm 96 that we'll be getting into um, through other, other readings and, and listening to some other people give some sermons on worship. I'm just kind of coming with a new awe of God this morning. In awe of how grand and how vast and how good and how big God is. Um, so this morning, that's my hope that I can um, relay that, that grandness of God to you this morning through, through Psalms 96. But before we go there, let's start in prayer. So do you pray with me? Oh, Heavenly Father, I'm in awe of you. I'm in awe of what you've done through Jesus Christ upon the cross and resurrection. That we can have new hope and life in you. I thank you for your love and in the mercies that you've shown us, Lord. As we gather now, I pray that your spirit be present, Lord, that you would allow me to speak boldly and clearly your truths from scripture, Lord, that your spirit would be moving and working in our life as we dive into your word, Lord. So would you be present with us this morning? In your name we pray, amen. Well, when I first think of worship, the first thing that comes to mind is music, and I think for me, it's kind of a natural response. So when Rich first said, you're going to give a message on worship, I was like, how about we just sing a couple extra songs and call it good? It <laughs> would have been much easier, much quicker, it would have been a lot less painful for everybody. Um, no, uh, but, but I'm excited, and um, as, as that is part of worship, it's not all of worship. And so we're going to go to Psalm 96, and um, we're going to just see what Psalm 96 has to tell us about worship this morning. So if you have your Bibles, you can open up. "'Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. "'Ascribe to the Lord, O families of the peoples. "'Ascribe to the Lord glory and strength. "'Ascribe to the Lord the glory due his name. "'Bring an offering and come into his courts. "'Worship the Lord in the splendor of holiness. "'Tremble before him, all the earth. "'Say among the nations, the Lord reigns. "'Yes, the world is established. "'It shall never be moved. "'He will judge the peoples with equity.'" Let the heavens be glad, and let the earth rejoice. Let the sea roar in all that fills it. Let the field exult in everything in it. Then shall all the trees of the forest sing for joy before the Lord, for he comes. For he comes to judge the earth. He will judge the world in righteousness, and the peoples in his faithfulness. God's Word. So this morning we're going to be talking again about worship. And I love this way, again, the psalm starts... With singing, Oh, sing a new song, you people. Sing of his salvation. An amazing thing as we sing, uh, the power of worship and something that we just got to finish doing as, as a congregation here. Um, an amazing thing that we can proclaim God's truth through song together as we gather for worship. Um, and as the psalmist's writing, he's, singing, he's saying, sing a new song. Um, and that doesn't mean that we need to come every week and have new lyrics and have a fancy new riff on the keyboard or, or, or a guitar or whatever. But rather a new song, this new hope that can be found in Jesus Christ. As he says in chapter, or verse 2, tell of his salvation. And the people during this time would have, would have been thinking of the promise of salvation that God had given. That there would be a savior to come. And they would see the continued salvation from their enemies throughout the time as they've gathered. But here and now we have get something even, even better. We know who the savior is we know of Jesus Christ and so we get a sing of his salvation and the knowledge that Jesus Christ has died on the cross for our sins. That while we were sinners, he died for us and showed us that love. We get a sing of this great work of Jesus and, and in awe of what Jesus has done. And so would you worship through song and as we sing, would we sing this new song, this new hope that is found in Christ? Would we sing of the salvation from day to day in our life? Would we worship God through song and as we sing, sing of this salvation, this good news that is given to us to, from God. And so singing, worship, that's, that's my area. But it goes on. And the second thing right in verse 3 is declare. Declare or give sermon. Declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous works among the peoples. For great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. Part 2 of worship, declare Have sermons, give testament, speak of his truth to the people in our life, to the nations. As we gather here, as we go out, would we declare the mercies? Would we declare the works of God in our life? Declare the works of God amongst us? Would we speak boldly and clearly the work of God in our life? Not just through song, but through declaring, through speaking, through our testimony and our witness of our life. So would we sing? Would we declare and finally, would we have these religious activities? Um, or or and as Psalm says, ascribe, would we, would we do these things? In verse, verse 8, ascribe to the Lord the glory do his name. Bring an offering and come into his courts. So would we sing? Would we declare? And would we ascribe? Or would we give an offering and gather together in the courts as a congregation? An amazing thing that we can do is give an offering. Why? Why do we gather? Why do we call this a worship service? Because we're hitting all three of these marks. We've sang, now you're hearing me say some words from Scripture, and we've just gave an offering. But why do we do that? Why do we give an offering to worship? Or as verse 4 says here, for great is the Lord, and greatly to be praised. So why do we give an offering, or why do we sing songs? Not so that we can find some sort of favor with God, not so that we can give a gift to God that he would have to repay us but rather for the Lord is great and greatly to be praised because of worship because God deserves our worship not because he needs money not because he needs time not because he needs us to gather and sing but rather because great is the Lord and greatly to be praised he deserves our glory he is worthy of our worship and so we give and we sing and we declare because great is the Lord You'll hear me say that verse a lot today because I, I, I love it and, and I think it's so important. Great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. That's why we worship. That's why we gather. Because great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. Again, it's not like you can bring an offering. In. And the verses that we read earlier from Paul, um, that Paul read from, from Romans, rather, um, it kind of gives us this picture. Paul's writing to the Romans and he goes, and he goes Who can know the mind of the Lord? Or who can be the Lord's counselor or give counsel to the Lord? Or who can give an offering that would desire to be repaid or an offering that must be repaid? It's rhetorical. The answer is no one. Um, scripture says that the foolishness of God is wiser than man's wisdom. So God doesn't need our counsel because even in his foolish moment, he's still wiser than any of us could ever be. God can't have a gift that's, that's offered because everything we have, as, as Romans continues for through God for from God and to God are all things he already has it all he's created it all he's the creator he doesn't need our offering but we offer why because great is the lord and greatly to be praised and i love as as roman continues in chapter 12 he says let your life or present your life or your, or your body as a living sacrifice pleasing and acceptable this is our spiritual worship Again, not that we would give to find favor, but rather live in sacrifice. Why? Because everything is owed to God. Because God is great and greatly to be praised. And so this morning we worship. This morning we sing. This morning we declare. This morning we bring an offering. Not to be repaid, not to find favor, but because great is the Lord and greatly to be praised. And then I love how the psalmist continues. And he gives us this vast or this grand picture of who God is. Of why God is great. Of what, what, what brings about that worship of him. For God is great and greatly to be praised. He is to be feared above all gods. For all the gods of the people are worthless idols. But the Lord, he made the heavens. Splendor and majesty are before him. Strength and beauty are in his sanctuary. This beautiful, this grand view of who God is he's he's so big he's so great he's so majestic beauty and splendor are his he's above all gods and he says all the other gods of this world are are other people they're worthless idols why because they were created in this time people would go and they'd be like man look at the sun and how bright the sun is let's worship it and and psalmist here is, is reminding us no 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 who created the sun God he's the one he's he is great Why would you worship something that's created when you can worship the creator who has splendor and majesty and strength and beauty, who is the creator, who is the savior, who is the judge, he is king. Why do we worship? For the Lord is great and greatly to be praised because he is vast and he is glorious. And I believe that having this grand view of God is so important in our life. Because I believe when we get this big picture, when we finally realize who God truly is, our only response can be that of worship. I truly believe, I truly believe that when we know who God is and put Him where He belongs, above, higher, greater than all else, our one and only true response can be that of worship. And I'll kind of dive into a few examples here of why. And the first is when God's glory is truly revealed to people on the earth, what is their response? Worship. Um, God reveals himself to Isaiah. And Isaiah's response to that glory is, woe to me, greater you, I am unworthy. And all of a sudden, um, through a little bit later, God goes, okay, um, where are you or who can I send? And through that glory, through that time, Isaiah goes, here I am, send me. What I sacrifice to you? what I give to you worship? Because when God's glory is revealed, worship is the response. Paul, who was Saul at the time, is traveling to Damascus. He's persecuting the church. God's glorious, bright light shines. What is Paul's response? He falls on his face. And he goes, who are you? And God is revealed. And Paul's life is forever changed. He goes to worship. He gives his life a living sacrifice to the Lord. When God's glory is revealed. John in Revelation. He's having this vision of of heaven. And God's glory is revealed. And he falls on his face. Or falls over as if he was dead. God you are glorious. You are great. When God's glory and his greatness is revealed. The response is worship. I think there's a, a trap or a trial that we all fall into is is Satan desires for us to lessen our view of God and that can be extremely dangerous because when we have a lesser view or smaller picture of who God is we can go before God and we can begin to put God on trial or we we can begin to have frustration and it brings resentment into our life when we don't truly know and, and remember who God truly is last example before we get back into Psalms um but the last example comes from Job. Um, if anyone had a right to complain, it's Job. Um, and I know that I'm not trying to belittle any, any things going on, but if you look at the life of Job, it, it's, it just falls apart really quickly. He's a wealthy man, he's got a he's got life going for him, he's got a great family. Things are going really well. And all of a sudden, things start to fall apart. Job loses his livestock, his, his livelihood. It, it goes away, it's destroyed, it's taken from him. Then his sons and daughters are gathering for this huge festival and the celebration. And the house collapses, and everyone but one servant dies. And they go and tell Job he loses his family. So his livelihood, his family, it's gone. And then finally his physical well-being starts getting into question and boils start coming upon his skin. He's getting these skin diseases. Life is just going awful for Job. But he continues to worship. He rips off his clothes, he puts dust on and old rags, and he continues to worship. He continues to give glory to God. Even when people come, really quick, if you don't know Job, um, his friends come and, like, Job, you've sinned. Confess what you've done. Turn from him. Repent, and God will, will, will make, make it right for you. And Job's like, Dad, I didn't do anything. I didn't sin. And they're like, back and forth. Job's wife gets involved, and she's like, Job, just, just let go of God. Just fall away. It's, it's not worth it. Look what's happened. Job refuses. And then God intervenes. And they go back and forth, and it's kind of this cool, this cool story, this cool conversation. Um, but, but Job kind of is questioning and bringing some some frustrations of God, and all of a sudden God goes, who is this that brings counsel, darkens the counsel with ears? Who are you to question me? And God begins to reveal himself in the glory of his creation. He's like, man, who, where were you when the heavens were made? And he, and he describes this beautiful picture of how, the way he's created, the, the, the majesty and the work that he's done. And by the end of it, at the end of Job, Job's response is, woe to me, you are great. You are right. I knew nothing of what I was talking about for you are God. Would I repent and would I trust and would I turn to you and everything? When God's glory is revealed, the response is worship. The response is worship. And why do we worship? Again, not to obtain, not to please, but because God is great and greatly to be praised. For God is great. And greatly to be praised. And again, I'm not trying to say this morning that your problems don't matter, or your problems are little. I'm not trying to say this morning that having questions and doubt is wrong in any way. Um, in fact, I think that it's okay to question, I think it's okay to doubt in moments. But my question to you this morning is when you go to God, what kind of view are you going to God in? Are you bringing your doubts and your frustration to a God in a small picture? a God that that would lead you frustrated and resentful? Or are you turning to the God who is grand and majestic? Are you going to a God where there is hope in the forgiveness of sins because of the work of Jesus Christ, that we can be set free from our sin? Are you going to a God who's given us a promise of eternal life in the presence of God, a life where there's no more death, there's no more cancer, there's no more hate, there's no more sorrow, there's no more pain, there's no more murder, there's no more racism, there's no more greed, It's all gone. Sin is forever wiped out. Are you going to a God who's given us that promise, that joy that we can have an everlasting life in the presence of God in a perfect world? Is that the God that we're running to? Because that's our God. He is great and majestic and splendor. Great is the Lord, and he is greatly to be praised. This morning, how are you viewing God? This morning, is there something getting in the way of true worship of God? Is there a view? Is there a question? Is there a doubt? Bring it before the Lord and remember who he is. Savior, creator, judge, Lord, the God of God, the King of Kings. When we have a grand view of God, our hearts, our life, they turn to worship. Why? Because the Lord is great and greatly to be praised. The Lord is good. The Lord is good. Um, we're going to close in prayer, um, and I'm gonna have the worship team come up. But as we do, I'm going to leave a time of silence. Um, and in this time, I just um, want to leave you some time to confess to the Lord. Maybe something's getting in the way of that true worship for you this morning. Maybe there's a frustration or a doubt, and I just would ask that you would have God reveal himself to you in the midst of that situation, in the midst of that trial. Because I truly believe when we go to the Lord and we seek the Lord, and we see the grandness and the greatness of God, our hearts will turn to worship. And so would we pray? Oh, Heavenly Father, I come before you in awe. Again, in awe of your splendor, in awe of who you are, and in awe of what you've done. Lord, as we take some moments to just silently confess to you and silently bring to you our trials or our doubts or our questions, Lord, I I pray in this moment in the silence that we would ask for your glory to be revealed in our life. And so, would we just take that moment to turn our life into our, and our life into you? And We pray silently, Lord.